Amen. Let's look at Psalm 2. Psalm 2. I want to share a message entitled, God Bless America. Out of uh, Psalm 2, we're going to read the whole psalm together. Take our text, uh, verse 10 and 11. God bless America. Psalm 2. Don't eat too much greasy food tomorrow. You won't be able to go to work on Tuesday. That's all right. Have an extended weekend. Amen. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth on the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Uh, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. And uh, the Lord uh, has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possessions. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to... Uh, once again, be together this evening. We're thankful for this weekend as we remember uh, the great freedoms and liberties that we have and the, the cost, the value of that freedom and that liberty, Lord. We praise you for giving us the opportunity uh, to be in such a great place as the United States of America. Our desire is, Lord, that you might continue to bless us and that you might speak even to us tonight as we study this passage of Scripture, uh, that we might be able to just not see biblical principles, but understanding uh, founding principles that establish us as a nation that is trusting in the living God. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts tonight in a special way, and, and we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we know in the Bible that it does not mention the United States of America, but however, we do know in the Bible that God gives much instruction in reference to how he would deal with his people Israel as a nation. And certainly we can uh, comprehend the practical principles that God gives in reference to what his expectations are from his nation, Israel. And so we can make, as long as we understand the interpretation of Scripture, that many of the passages we may look at may be speaking about God's working in the life of Israel. Once we know the interpretation, then we can make a practical application because God will respond the same way to us. Uh, certainly God identified his blessings and curses on nations based on their relationship with his people. He said, they that bless thee shall be blessed, and they that curse thee shall be cursed. And so all the way through the scriptures, although America is not mentioned, there are practical principles that apply to us as a nation and certainly as a people. In verse 10 and 11 is our text verse. 
It says, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, and be instructed, he says, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And so God bless America. God always gives instruction to his people Israel about their relationship with him and their possession of the land of Canaan. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, and now uh, just a couple of verses there in Deuteronomy, we, I want to look at how, the instruction that God gives Israel on how they should function and exist within the promised land. And uh, first of all, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, in verse 1, uh, they were to love the Lord. It says, therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And uh, I think everything begins on that premise about our relationship with the creator of heaven. And uh, we are to love the Lord. And if there's one thing that is desperately needed uh, in America is not just believers loving Christ and loving the Lord and being committed to the Lord, but we impressing on others that they need to get right with God and they need to love the Lord also because it is a very foundational principle that God lays out on how he would bless a nation. And so we're to love the Lord. In verse 1 of chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, it also says that you're to keep his statutes. And it says, therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And so there is absolutely no way that we can function properly as a nation in reference to the blessings of God uh, if we will not keep his commandments and keep his statutes and his judgments. You cannot depart from the moral principles that God has outlined for his people to live by and think that we can continue to have his blessings on us. And so it is vitally important for everyone in America to understand the Ten Commandments. It is important for everyone in America to understand there are guidelines and requirements on what God's expectation is of how we are supposed to live. All the way back in Genesis chapter 1, when God created Adam and Eve, immediately he gave them instructions on how they were to live. And so God doesn't just create us and leave us unto ourselves. God wants to bless us, and he told Israel he would bless them when they were in the land if they would love him and they would obey and keep his commandments and his statutes. He also wants them to remember his chastisements. In chapter 11 and verse 2, it says, And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known, and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm. He said, you need to remember uh, the chastisement of God. And certainly Israel experienced that time and time again. And uh, we cannot violate the principles of the word of God and, not, uh, and think that we would escape the chastening hand of God Almighty. And so we're to remember that he does chastise those whom he loves. He chasteneth. And then there's a principle that is set forth in verse 3 of Deuteronomy 11 that they were to remember his miracles. In verse 3, it says, In his miracles and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh the king of Egypt, 
and unto all his land. And so God tells Israel, these are some things when you possess the land that I want to be first and foremost in your heart and, and certainly a priority in giving instruction to your children. They need to love me. They need to keep my statutes and they need to remember my chastisements and remember the miracles, the things that God is able to do that man cannot do. And uh, America is a miracle. There is no other country in the history of the world that has experienced the blessings of God like the United States of America. And we need to remember the miracles of God. There is much said about God in his relationship with Israel as a kingdom. And God blesses and curses nations based on their relationship with them. America is not great because of our intellectual abilities, financial powers, or political clout. Although people think that's why we're good. But the reality is America is great because of God's blessings. And uh, so we need to rejoice in the Lord and thank God that he is the one who blesses. That's why in chapter 2 of Psalms, where we read in verse 6, is yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And whatever prestige or whatever strength and whatever blessing we have as a nation, it's because God has raised up and put the leadership uh, on, the, on the throne, if you will, or in the White House or wherever it may be in leadership in America. It is God who sends his blessings upon us. You know, the Declaration of Independence is said to be the world's oldest written constitution still in effect. That's an amazing thing. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I'm always amazed at how many people always gripe and complain and all this, that about America. But it's amazing to me how many people are fighting to get here. Amen. And uh, I, I'm it's always amazed on how bad we're supposed to be and how we are supposedly an, a dysfunctional, unloving country when in reality, our Declaration of Independence is the oldest written constitution still in effect. And it works, and it's effective. It is said that the Declaration of Independence embodies the essence of constitutionality, that government must be confined by the rule of law. It would be nice for us to remind those in Washington and D.C. about that. Everything that they are, everything that they do, everything that they are about to do in leadership of our country and our nation is subject to the law. They are not, because you're in Congress, you're not above the law. If you're in the Senate, you're not above the law. And if you're in the White House, you're not above the law. And our documents, our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence so establishes that every person in a role, leadership role is subject to the law of the land. America's foundation was completely built on the strong dependence of God. And Psalm 33 and 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And the what makes us different from all other countries and nations is the fact that we are blessed by God because of the fact we acknowledge the God of heaven and we are established on Christian principles and hopefully we'll be able to see some of those things tonight as we consider God bless America. In our text verse, there's three things I want to focus on, on how to enjoy the blessings of God. In verse 10, notice it says, be wise now therefore. Then it says, be instructed. 
And uh, then in verse 11, it says, serve the Lord with fear. So there's three things. If we're going to be blessed of God, we need to be wise, we need to be instructed, and we need to serve the Lord. See, because God's not going to bless someone who's not serving him. And God is not going to bless someone who will not be instructed by his word and certainly instructed by those who understood the word of God and laid the foundation for us as a nation and a people and certainly, God is not going to bless us that those that are walking around being foolish in their thoughts and their intents. God blesses the man of wisdom. So let's consider that, first of all, to be wise. To be wise is to be aware or have awareness of these principles that we have talked about just briefly here. Uh, it's interesting, the Declaration of Independence in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, if I can say it without messing it up, a few years ago, there was a group of students who showed copies of the Declaration of Independence to several hundred people and asked them if they would sign it. They refused, stating that the document sounded rather dangerous. <laughs> the, the problems we have in America is we have lost wisdom because we do not have knowledge of who we are as a people and what we were founded on. And, and, and we, we have a generation of young people today that don't have any idea what the Declaration of Independence is. And we have a generation of people that literally look at that thing and think it's a very dangerous document. The Declaration of Independence was distributed in Denver and only one in five people recognized what it was. It's, that's alarming. That's alarming. We say, why are we experiencing such a dysfunctional situation in America? And it's because of the fact we no longer have wisdom in reference to the principles by which we were founded as a nation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get tickled by all these politicians when you deal about immigration and this, that, and the other, and all the things that they spew out about what we are and what we are, our foundation of as a people and, and as a nation and all this, that, and the other. And the things they're spewing out has nothing to do with what we are as a nation. It may sound good and it may be emotionally connecting, but the reality is it has nothing to do with the functionality of a nation. And why God blesses us so. So we're to be wise by having awareness of the principles by which we were founded. There also, wisdom needs to be the application of those principles. Once you know something, once you understand something, then you are obligated to respond to it. And uh, the Declaration of Independence uh, starts out with this. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I just want to highlight the beginning and the end. And that's enough. If we would just recognize that, we'd be okay. But the Declaration of Independence starts out, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are cre uh, created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And then it ends with, and for the support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the providence of divine, I'm sorry, on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. History confirms that the sacredness of the oath these men made uh, from the original 13 colonies, uh, listen, was uh, uh, detrimental to their life and their possessions. 
they understood the cost of signing such a document. Of the 56 pa uh, patriots, five of them were captured by Briti the British and tortured prior to their dying. Twelve had their homes ransacked and destroyed. Nine were to die from the hardships or wounds of war, yet they left us a precious heritage. And yet we, we live in a day where we say, well, we want to be wealthy, we want to be wise, we want to be sustaining, we want to be strong, we want to be all these things, but we deny the very God who was the very foundation of our documents that founded us. And here it is. Notice uh, we're created equal. That's the way it starts out. All men are created equal. They talk about equality in America, but the reality is the equality we have is based on the fact that God has created us equal. I mean, you know, Peter went to the house of Cornelius, and Cornelius uh, well, bowed down to Peter. Peter told him, stand up, but I am a, I'm but a man also. And Peter's response to Cornelius was that I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And our country, our documents that founded us as a nation was based on the reality that God created all of us equal. There, there should not be any race tensions and all these different things if we understand that we are created equal. I am not better than you, and you are not better than me. Now, I'm so sick and tired of hearing all this race baiting and white privilege and all this, that, and the other that's going on. That is nothing but the lie of the devil causing people to ignore what we, our principles state that we are founded on, that God said we were created equal, and because of being a people blessed by God, then we live our lives in equality. We're created equal. Not only that, but we're, this equality that we have is given to us by our creator. And it says that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And what we have is because God has given us. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so we start on that premise we as a nation are a people based on the reality that God is the creator of all things. And in Genesis 1, 28, when he created Adam and created Eve, he brought Eve to Adam and he told him right away, be fruitful and multiply. And he gave him command to dress and care for the garden. And so the whole means by which we have a worth and value and principle and, and ethics and all these things is based on the fact that we are equal one with another because we're all created by the same God. Amen. We are endowed with what? Certain unalienable rights. So what does that mean? Alienable. Alienable means uh, capable of being sold, transferred, or conveyed. Thus, these rights, if they're unalienable, cannot be sold or transferred because they were given to us by God. And uh, listen, just because you get a different politician in whatever position of leadership it may be in does not mean all of a sudden all my rights conferred on me by God based on the documents of the founding of our nation that is blessed of God all of a sudden changes because our, our policies are different. 
And it would be well for our politicians to get a lesson in founding documents and the biblical foundation on which they were established. Not only that, but government was as a means of protection and not provision. Our support to support this document declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. It does not say for the provision. It says for the protection. And uh, Genesis chapter 9 and verse 6, after the flood, God gave Noah the very minute concept of government to control society. He said, whosoever shall shed man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. That was established by God to assure that you and I and anyone on the face of this earth would be protected in society. We have no right or no justification to harm someone else. When you harm somebody else, you're lashing out at God because man's created in his image. You take somebody's life. You are lashing out to God, at God because man is created in the image of God. And God has said that he would provide protection and government would be a means through which would provide protection and not provision. Uh, it's just amazing all this concept nowadays where uh, everybody thinks that the government should pay uh, for college and all this, that, and the other. Pay for college and pay for your mortgage payment and pay for this and pay for that. This one person asked this guy the other day, I was listening to one, and he said this, well, you're saying the government should pay for this. Where does the government get their money? And the guy stood there and he looked at him and he said, I don't know. I just think they should pay for it. And so the interviewer went on. He said, you understand the only money the government has is what it takes from the people. So you're saying you should take my money away from me and the government should take my money away from me to pay for your education. He said, yeah. She said, can you, can you tell me what a thief is? Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't give an answer for that. The problem is, as people have been taught that all these things are my rights, and since it's my rights, our government has declared it would provide for those rights. That's a lie out of the pits of hell. Getting an education is not a right. It's a privilege. Being able to buy a home is not a right. It's a privilege. You work hard for it. I don't know about you, I've had to work hard all my life to try to have something. And uh, so God promised he would protect. He did not promise he would establish a government to provide. God will provide for us. We can believe God and we can trust God and God will take care of us. But he did not design the government to take care of people. And then there by divine providence. They stayed in here about divine providence. Divine providence, providence is just simply God uh, being in control of all things, and God uses all kinds of circumstances in life to be able to direct us. You can read Ecclesiastes chapter 2, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and it all deals with this ability of God to providentially direct our lives 
And I can rejoice, I can testify of the fact that over the years of my life as a Christian, I've been able to watch God providentially bring things in place to direct my life. And so God takes care of us. So here, we need to be wise, so we need to be able to make practical application of these principles. So I just want to read through some of these principles. In uh, um, uh, the amendments to our Constitution, Amendment 1 states, Congress shall make no law... I'm sorry, shall not, I've uh, got to read this. Congress shall not, I'm dyslexic tonight. <laughs> Congress shall make not, no law for respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It would be nice if they learned that. Because it's the, these different cases in America right now, a homosexual comes into a bakery and they want you to make a cake for their homosexual wedding, which you as a believer don't support. Uh, the government has no right to limit your free exercise of your religion. But what they're doing is they're changing the premise and saying, well, you can exercise the, your religion in your church but not out in society. No, it says you can't make any law prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's why you go out on the street and you walk down the street and witness to anybody you want to. Why? Because they can't tell you you can't do that. Because that's your right as a citizen of the United States to exercise your faith in your God as you see fit. And they cannot make those laws. They're trying but the Christian needs to be fighting and not giving up. Amendment 2 says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, so I guess that means the government can't tell you you can't have a weapon. I thought that would be a good amen spot right there. I don't know. Boy, I'm telling you. Amendment 3, the right, the right of people to secure in their persons. This is one that really gets me. The right of people to secure in their persons, houses, papers, effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. In other words, they do not have the right to just come in and do a search in your house. They do not have the right to come in and just take and, and, and do a search on you. Uh, if there is not a crime committed, there is not something that justifies that search, they cannot go in there and do it. That's why I preached against the Patriot Act when Bush was pushing that thing through. Because it violates Amendment 3 in the Constitution. And bless God, it would be nice if somebody would learn what the Constitution says. Say, so we want God's blessing. How can you have God's blessings when you violate the very biblical principles by which our country was established? Amendment 4 says, and in all criminal prosecutions, the right to a speedy and public trial informed of the nature of the cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witness against him to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. And may I say that amendment has been violated for the last two and a half years with millions of dollars being sent, uh, spent on investigation of the President of the United States with no justification whatsoever. I don't care if you agree with the President or you don't agree with him. That violated the Constitution. 
And may I throw this in here? That's for the citizens of the United States, not some illegal person or some terrorist that comes into our country. Amendment 16. I don't like this one. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes, and here it is, from whatever source derived. You say, I don't like the way they keep adding taxes. Well, get over it. You can't get out of it. Amen. The interpretation of these principles quickly is just simply this. The, it is a document that stresses that people were forming the government. It says, we the people do ordain and establish this constitution. You realize the documents by which we live and interact with each other was not created by a government. It was created by people. And because it was created by people, then everything in the government is subject to the people. In the formation of judicial power, explicit jurisdiction of courts were subject to congressional definition and by implication and redefinition. In other words, the Congress makes the laws, the courts enforce it. The courts don't make law. And courts don't establish policy. They enforce the law. They're not there to interpret the law. They're there to enforce the law. The Supreme Court's slow, role slowly evolved into becoming a single authority on the subject of constitutionality. The Supreme Court was not created to be able to evaluate the constitutionality of the Constitution. By the late 1860s, it had become the chief means of keeping the Constitution in tune with modern life. And that's the problem. We have it in the church. People think you have to keep the Bible in tune with my modern culture. No, the Bible's the foundation, and the culture has to adjust itself to the Bible. And we do not adjust our Constitution into the culture. That's why by 1960, the courts ruled against popular opinion. That's why prayer is out of school. That's why Bible reading is out of school. That's why Ten Commandments are out of schools. That's why all the biblical principles that we live by as a Christian are removed from the public arena. And it's because of the fact that the courts forgot what they were created to do. So we need to be wise. We need to know these things. You say, why would you preach something like that? Because most people don't know this. And somebody's got to stand up and say what it is. So be wise. Then be instructed. You know, we need to learn from the Word of God. But I think we need to learn from the founding fathers. Here's some quotes for you. This will be quick and easy. Uh, George Washington, I think he's a very important person we all think about and, and listen to. He stated in his inaugural address, he said this, it would be uh, peculiarly improper to admit in this first official act by fervent supplications to the almighty being who rules over the universe, who presides in the councils of nations, and whose providential age can supply every human defect. He went on and stated, 
Reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principles. Can we actually think that we can be a moral country when we have abandoned the principles in the word of God? Five days after the Declaration of Independence, he stated, the blessings and protection of heaven are at all times necessary, but especially so in times of public distress and danger. The general hopes and trust that every officer and man will endeavor so to live and act as becomes a Christian soldier defending the dearest rights and liberties of his country. Can you imagine somebody standing up and saying that today? Our desire is that every person, every leader, every military personnel conducts themselves as a Christian. Not as a Muslim. Not as a Jehovah Witness. Not as a Catholic. But to conduct themselves as a Christian. In 1778, he said to the the distinguished character of a patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of a Christian. These were men that established our nation. They wrote the papers and documents and established a direction of what our nation was going to be because they longed for God to bless us as a nation. And they understood the, the requirements in Deuteronomy chapter 11 for us as a nation to focus on. Abraham Lincoln said this, I have nowhere to go but to God in prayer. He often quoted the Bible. Thomas Jefferson said this, he asked, Can the liberties of a nation be thought secure? When we have removed their only firm basis, conviction in the minds of people that these liberties are the gift of God. You can get up tomorrow and go wherever you want in the United States of America because God has given you that gift. You don't have to go to the border and check in before you go into another state. Although it's getting close to that. You know, it's just, it's an interesting thing that goes on I mean, New Jersey, we have, they have this whole new ID system now in order to be able to fly on airplanes. New Jersey's driver's license is not uh, um, uh, acceptable. It's not designed to meet the requirements. And so you realize this, that in New Jersey, I think it's around October or so this year, uh, you cannot use your driver's license to be able to get on an airplane for security reasons because you do not have an official federal ID. I'm telling you right now, it is getting to a point to where everywhere you go and everything you do, you have to have a federal ID because they want to know who you are, what you are, what you're, where you're at, what you're doing. Cameras, I was listening to the thing the other day, cameras are everywhere in America recording everything that is going on. Well, that's not what the founders of the United States of America believed in their conviction was that we have liberty we have freedom and it's a gift that comes from god it's not something that's granted by the government it is something that is given to us by god john adams said this in 1775 it is a religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can 
securely stand. A patriot must be a religious man. In 1798, he urged America to acknowledge before God the manifold sins and transgressions with which we are justly chargeable, beseeching him at the same time of his infinite grace through the Redeemer of the world freely to remit all offenses and to incline us by his Holy Spirit to repentance and reformation. That's what America needs. Repentance and reformation. President Wilson in May 7th, 1911 said America was born to exemplify the devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of Holy Scripture. Man, it would be refreshing to hear something like that come from Washington, D.C., in 1932, the U.S. Supreme Court noted that the United States is a Christian nation. Amen. 1952, liberal Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas declared we are a religious people and our institutions presuppose a supreme being. That was a liberal that said that. You can't get a conservative to say that nowadays. 1976, and I didn't like President Jimmy Carter, but I like what he said. In 1976, President Jimmy Carter, as presidential candidate, told reporters, we have the responsibility to try to shape government so that it does exemplify the will of God. You say, why in the world is America so great? Why in the world is America so wealthy? Why in the world does America uh, have so, mu so much of an influence in the world where it seems like nation upon nation upon nation just struggles and struggles and struggles? It's because that God blessed America. That's why. So we need to be wise. We need to be instructed. And we need to serve the Lord. And here's what we need to do as a people to be blessed of God, to realize that he, God, is the one who created all. There's not anything, John 1, 1 through 3, there's not anything that is created that God did not create. Everything that we have, everything that we are, we as a nation, we are created by God. And if we'll recognize that God has created all, then we understand who our obligation is directed to. We understand who we're responsible to. We understand who we're to submit to. He is the creator of all things. He is also the one who sacrificed all. And Jesus Christ dying on the cross was the glory of heaven, the majesty and the possessions of all that God is and encompassed in the person of Jesus Christ. And he sacrificed all that to die on the cross that we might be saved. How dare we or any other nation have the audacity and the pride to say that we don't need to sacrifice unto our God. And so he is the one who created all. He's the one who sacrificed all. He is the one who saves all. If we want to be delivered as a nation, then we need God to set us free. People are lost. They want to be, we need them to come to Christ. And that means that we need uh, to recognize that God is the one who saves them. God is not willing that any should perish. And since he's not willing that any should perish, our service of him is connected with the reality that we need to bring others to Jesus Christ. So we need to be wise. 
We need to be instructed and we need to serve the Lord. We need to stay with the God of our fathers. That's why I like the songs that we sang tonight. We need to stay with the God of our fathers. We don't need to look anywhere else. We don't need to do anything else. We don't need to change our constitution, our, our declaration of independence. We don't have to change any of that. All we need to do is change our relationship with God and start walking and living with God. We need to hold fast to the principles of the God of this Bible. And the principles that are in this Bible are the very foundation of everything that we are as a nation. And so if that is true, and it is, then everything you need to know about life is right here in this book. You don't need any other book. You don't need Dr. So-and-so's book. You need God's book, amen? And uh, you just need to hold on to the principles that is in this book. And we need to be proud. I think we ought to be proud of our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. I think we ought to be proud that we're a people whom God has chosen to bless. I believe we ought to be proud of the fact that God can and will continue to bless us as we acknowledge who he is. Be wise, be instructed, and serve the Lord. Those three principles will impact and make a difference in your life like is unbelievable. Those three principles will impact and make a difference in us in the life of a nation that would be unbelievable. And so let's speak those truths to others. Amen. God bless America. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. We do appreciate, Lord, everything we have, everything we enjoy, everything that we can deal with, Lord, is because you have chosen to bless us. And so help us to acknowledge that. Help us to surrender completely to you. And, Lord, may we continue to be a nation that honors God, irregardless of the direction we're going right now. God, you can bring a spirit of revival. You can change people's hearts. You can send our Holy Spirit on this place and around this country to bring conviction in the fire of God. And so, God, I pray that you bring revival tonight. We love you, Lord. We love America. And we praise the God who blesses America. And so, Lord, help us to be wise. Help us to be instructed. Help us to serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.